Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, welcome everyone. We are live broadcasting from a very secure bunker in Southwest Florida, although that's a clue probably. Um, We want to welcome everyone and I am here with Eva and hello, my dear, how are you? I am well, thank you, Charles. You know, before we start, I mean, I have to at least say it is January past the uh, 20th and uh, we are in a new era. So let's just continue on day by day, which is kind of what we're going to talk about today a little bit, day by day. Um, And we do have a great show. Please, this is going to be one of the best. So Eva, give us an update. And when you say update. On what we're going to talk about. Well, actually, I'm very excited about what we're going to talk about because with the new year, even though we're in the middle of a lot of hoopla, we we still want to be able to move forward. But sometimes it can be really tough to move forward because it just seems so daunting. So today we're going to talk about how to navigate some small habits to make some big changes. And we've talked a little bit about this before, but we're going to be looking at it from a different angle. You know, you always talk about this. This is your thing. And, you know, when I was in corporate, everything was, well, let's not boil the ocean. You know, we always try to do too much at once, right? Always. And, um, you know, learning and I'm a slow learner, but I learned that the drip, drip, drip approach is something we all do whether we know it or not. Well, and we do it, but a lot of times those drip, drip, drips can be bad habits. Right. Right. So for example, you'll be saying to yourself, well, I only put on like one or two pounds a year and then 10 pound, 10 years go by and you're up 20 pounds. Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm talking about. It's these it's these little ways that we look at things that either can be moving us in the wrong direction or in the right direction. So it's not, it's really everything. It's how we think, it's how we operate, it's how we act. You know, it's our life in general um, on a drip, drip, drip basis. Exactly. And so this is an example that's, it's kind of old, right? But I'm going to go ahead and use it anyway, because I bet there's some people out there that haven't really heard of this example, but if you think about a plane leaving from Los Angeles going to New York, if the pilot just makes a 3.5 degree south shift mm. upon takeoff, by the time he lands, he's going to land in Washington, D.C. and not in New York. Well, and <laughs> <laughs> right in that example, a small, very small shift generated bigger results in a way, right? It was. Yeah, it did. It it generated really big results. And it's the same thing with, like I just mentioned, weight or even with money. So if every month you tend to spend a little bit more than you make over the years, that's going to compound and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Now, on the other hand, if every month you spend a little bit less than you make and you save that, it goes Over the, the same. Years. So that's the difference between going drip, drip, drip in the right direction or going drip, drip, drip in the wrong direction. Right. You know. And so, I mean, we've looked at a lot of different ways of looking at this. So we've looked at like Kaizen. We've looked at other ways of, you know, just figuring out what it is that we want to do and making small changes. We've looked at ritual. Right. 
So I was reading another book, which I thought was really good called Atomic Habits. Now, I like the book Atomic Habits. I did like what I was reading in it. However, there were some things in there where it started getting really complicated. But what I liked about it was the first example that he used in the book, and you and I talked about that today, was about the British cycling team. And since 1908, the British cycling team had not had really not won anything. I can't imagine. And, you know, and to think, hey, Jude came out of that country. That's not nice. But okay. anyway, so <laughs> but you would think that they, you know, would at least have a win here or there. Because that's what really they do. Bad. They're right. a cycling team. Right. They're a cycling team. And so they did not have any wins. And it was really bad. And it got to the point where the um, company that manufactured the bike that they were using didn't want them to ride their bikes anymore because they felt that it would give them a bad name. Like if they saw somebody, like if another team saw them riding their bikes, they're like, no, we really don't want you to ride our bikes. So I get it. So they're not performing. They're not meeting expectations. Mm -hmm. And yet this is what they're getting paid to do. What the heck do they do? So what they did was they hired this guy, David Brailsford. Okay. So they hired David Brailsford and his team and David Brailsford came in and started looking at how they did everything. And I mean everything. And he adjusted everything by an increase of 1%. So he looked at the big picture. He didn't just look at how fast they cycle. He looked at everything. He looked at everything. But so here's how detailed this got. So originally it started with the bikes, right? And it was change the bike seat to make it more comfortable, then put rubbing alcohol on the tires to make them grip better. Then it was, you know, looking at the dust in the car, like they painted the inside of the car white so they could see if there was any dust in the car that might have some impact on the mechanism, all these little things. So then you think, okay, yes. Yeah, so, well, then it went even deeper. It went to the mattress and the pillows they were using to sleep and adjusting each rider's mattress and pillow so that they got the optimal amount of sleep. I could see like, what the heck does that have to do with anything? We need to pedal faster. Right. So everybody got a little bit of a tweak right down to hiring a surgeon that taught them how to wash their hands properly so that they got fewer colds. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. It was intense. And so, but everything tweaked. I mean, everything, things you would think of and things you wouldn't think of tweaked by 1%. And then it got to the point where it was just not like a little bit of a game. Like they won like four Tour de France's in a row. <laughs> so right? all of those little baby adjustments that seemed meaningless, dust, I mean, give me a break. All of those little by little, added up to a huge change. It added up to a huge change. So all these little tweaks. So they changed the actual system, but the system around everything these guys did. Yeah. So that it gave them an edge, a competitive edge, so that they were able to then, like, dominate in the sport. They went from being, like, awful to, like, dominating. And Just my guess is, and this was not in the book, and I didn't look it up, but my guess is, is that, the um, bike manufacturer that didn't want them wanted them probably. And they probably said no, but it, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and so just think about it. Apply that to your life. 
Mm. right? And how doable that is. You look at your life at a high level, honestly, and see where you can make little baby dot changes. Little baby dot changes. Yeah. So we were talking about that today, you and I, and we've been talking about it over the last week. And one of the places where you have to make the shift is in how you think of yourself. It's not so much about the goal as it is about what you want to become. And you talked about this today. We talked about it today with smoking. Uh, Because what you did was you didn't say, I'm quitting smoking. You thought of yourself as a non-smoker. Talk to Well, it wasn't really, uh, yeah, exactly. But I didn't plan it like that. No, I wasn't thinking under the, what we're talking about today. Right. It wasn't conscious. So I had um, stopped smoking for, I don't know, it was weeks, maybe three weeks. I had just stopped Mm -hmm. and we were having lunch with a couple, another couple, and they said, you stopped? I said, yeah, I stopped. And they said, when did you stop? I said, you know, I, th- I think at the beginning of the month. They said, oh, that's not stopping. You just stopped. You're going to, you know how many times people go back and forth? And I never looked at it like that. I, To me, at that moment, I felt I was a non-smoker. I thought about it differently. I didn't think that I was a heavy smoker that was trying to quit. So that little change that I made, I, you know, I was non-smoker and that was the end of it. And it was really weird because you went from smoking a lot yeah, to not smoking at all and like never even talking about it, never saying like, oh, I really want a cigarette, right? Like you never talk about it you know, like that ever. People talk about cold turkey and I dreaded that and, you know, but for some reason it never, none of those crazy things to stop smoking came into my life. I just said, I'm a non-smoker. I tweaked that, my thinking a little bit and it helped me get through it. Right. That's exactly right. That was, I should have picked up on that example and used it elsewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you, but you have used it elsewhere. You've used it actually a lot because you did the same with drinking. I did. It was easier maybe because I was able to do that with drinking. I mean, I'm talking like, you know, with money and things. <laughs> Right. But when it came when it came to drinking, you did do that, too. And you were drinking a lot and you stopped. Yeah. Same exact thing. I just became a non-drinker rather than somebody trying to quit with everything going on in the world. How is that possible? I just well, it's possible if you're a non-drinker. And that's how I uh, approached it. Well, and it also became I mean, usually it's very hard because, you know, everybody around us drinks. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I still on occasion drink. I mean, I don't drink like I used to, but I mean, I certainly still have a cocktail now and then. And um, but it just doesn't seem to bother you. I mean, I went to church and they were drinking wine for Christ's well, sake. Well, I know. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. OK. All right. <laughs> but yes. But those two examples are a little different. They're tweaking my thinking a little baby dot. But that's what we're talking about yeah. here. It's like tweaking your it starts with tweaking your thinking right and i just want to make that point to everyone because people sitting around and they might say well i'm six push-ups away from a a, greatness from greatness um but you need to think differently right if you want to start improving in the right direction you have to first understand what it is that you want to improve i think Right. Or that you want to improve. If you're talking about being a non-drinker, then then what does a non-drinker do? When you're in that mindset that I'm just I'm someone that doesn't drink, then it's kind of 
easy when you can actually feel that on a very deep level. Yeah. Because what does a non-drinker do? A non-drinker doesn't have wine. A non-drinker doesn't have beer. A non-drinker just doesn't have anything. Right. So they don't have to deal with, I know you're not drinking, but you can have wine. Well, yeah, that's a whole other ball game, right? So when you get into that, when you get into that mindset of just being a non-smoker, a non-drinker, or a healthy person, or an athletic person, or a fit person, or a financially stable person, right? That mindset starts moving you in that right direction. Yeah. So, I mean, the drip, drip, drip approach of making little small baby changes is one thing. Um, The point, the other point that I want to make is that that drip, drip, drip is going to happen regardless of whatever direction you're going in. So you need to manage the drip too, right? You need to know which direction you're going in um, and, and have that conversation with yourself. Well, that's where that 1% shift comes in. And that's where looking at your habits becomes so important. Yeah, because you could just make a little baby dot change and start going in a different direction. Right. But that change first starts with the clarity around who you want to be. Yeah. Right. So that clarity around who you want to be is a big shift. And you already had decided in your mind that you were going to be a non-smoker, which is kind of amazing because, I mean, you, you are... You do have an addictive personality. I I do. When you go into stuff, I mean, you go in with both boots. So if it's around health, you'll go in with both boots around health. And if it's around, you know, an addiction, it's, you know, you'll go in both boots with that. Yeah, it's 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 very confusing and complicated sometimes. But if you just make a small little adjustment and then go by how you feel and go by how what the results are, then you can continue. And that's what was happening. Right. You know, um, you know, constantly assessing and reassessing. Um, and this is, this is really good. We have a lot more to talk about. I mean, I'm loving this. I'm learning a lot. I, I'm excited that I applied some of it in my life too, which is really <laughs> cool, but stay with us, everyone. Corporate talk with Charlie Neva. will be right back. Did you know, Eva and I have a really cool e-commerce shopping site. It's shopcharlieandeva.com. Check it out. You'll find custom designs that might just make a statement about you. And some great gift items, too. That's shopcharlieandeva.com. We're adding more designs every month, so be sure to keep checking back in. One last time, shopcharlieandeva.com. You've discovered TalkZone.com, the best in Internet talk radio. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and today we are talking about navigating your way to better habits. It's dripping. 1% changes. It's unbelievable because if I was to look at that at face value, I would say it's meaningless, right? Mm. But when you in your way, show me that I've applied it already and it worked, then it gets my attention. And I do realize now, and I do believe in 1% change because everybody can, is capable of that, right? Yeah, I agree. And I'm going to talk a little bit more too about then systems. He talks about systems in the book in Atomic Habits, but System is really the key. And we do it in so many different ways. So, for example, you know, if you want to be well-groomed, when you get up in the morning, you're going to comb your hair, you're going to brush your teeth, you're going to take a shower, you're going to put on something clean, right? I mean, you already have that system in place to look like a person when you walk out the door. 
most of us do. Yes, I mean, <laughs> you do. I, I, no, I was just thinking overall in the uh, in SWFL. In <laughs> okay, so we won't we won't profile, but anyway, so that's one thing that we do, right? So when it comes to anything else that you want to change, having that. You know, I like how he kind of clarifies it around system because having that system in place is a big deal. So, for example, we've talked about this before between us. We have gone gluten-free because I needed to go gluten-free because I was getting very, very sick Mm -hmm. from eating gluten. So we decided to go gluten-free. Well, it took a little bit of doing. So it took not just removing gluten from the diet, but it also then took figuring out what has gluten in it, how to be careful, how to navigate restaurants, how to navigate the foods foods that we buy or something that's prepared already. How do we how do we navigate that? And then, how do we talk to the people in our lives that may not be that understanding? Come on over for dinner. It. We're having uh, pasta and bread. Right. And <laughs> with beer. soy sauce with <laughs> beer. <laughs> and then cake. And cake. So no I listen at a high level, it would be, well, just don't eat gluten. Right. You know, and you, you poor thing. Right. I mean, how and hard so could it be? You go, you go all in, right? You say, I'm not going to eat gluten. You clean out the pantry. You, you buy some stuff that will, you know, suffice. And then within two weeks, you're done with it. it yeah. It's just not working because you tried to do, you tried to do too much at once. You tried to do too much at once without really getting clear on who it is that you're becoming and what it is that you want. I think, yeah. So the, the 1% change started with, hmm, what exactly is wheat anyway? And, right. you know, and, and start what is from it there. Doing to me? And what is it doing? Yeah. Yeah. And then also trying it out and then seeing how much better I felt. And then having the occasional slip, sometimes purposefully, sometimes not. Because you don't purpose. know what's in the ingredients. Right. And all of a sudden getting really sick again yeah. and having that recovery from it and, and then just understanding like I'm a person that doesn't eat gluten. I don't care what's happening. I don't care how good the cake looks. I don't care how fantastic the pasta is. I don't eat it. But it's way more than that. It's even like you know the ingredients, but doesn't matter. You you may not know there's wheat in some of those ingredients. Right. Unless you take the time to really start understanding it. So you have to drill down. So one of the things he says in the book, which I liked, I hadn't thought of it this way. I mean, it is stuff that we've done, but I hadn't thought of it in this way. It's very simple, is that you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fail to the level of your systems. So if you don't have that system in place to try to help you move toward your goal, you're not going to get to the goal. It's not the goal. It's the system that you have in place to get to the goal. So that would mean then, you know, okay, so I drill down. I want to make some changes. I know where I want to be maybe, but I don't have a system. I'd have to 1% start developing one. Well, every single thing that we do that we want to move forward with, we have a system for. We have a system for like, let's say you want to buy a house. Well, you've got a system for figuring out if you can get a mortgage. Then you have a system for actually getting that mortgage. Then you have a system for paying that mortgage. Then you have a system for finding the house, right? I mean, there's all these systems in place that you don't really think of a think of as a system. Yeah. Yeah. And some there that aren't. Right. You know, like 
what do you do if you're cornered and not happy? There's no system for that. But you need to start looking first to see, well, what is it that I'm not happy about? Why am I not happy? Right. And that's part of your 1% journey that you're taking. Right. It's part of the 1% journey. And sometimes it is that everything seems okay, but I'm not happy. And then you drill down a little further and that's maybe I need medication. Yeah. If you get to that point. Right. But that's where the drill down happens. I'm not happy here. Well, I like my neighbors. Mm -hmm. I like my community. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe... I need to understand this a little better. Maybe it's not really true in reality what I'm saying. Right. So let's take another example. Like I was also listening to Natalie Goldberg's writing down the bones and about becoming a writer. So let's say you want to become a writer and you decide in your head that the only way you can become a writer is if you have your own writing space and you have these all these hours carved out. That's not how writers write. Real writers write wherever they're at. They'll have a notebook and a pen and they'll write wherever they can write. That's why we saw the lyrics to While My Guitar Gently Weeps on a Napkin. Exactly, because it can happen anywhere. That's not to say that you don't need a place, if you want to be a real writer, that you don't need a place to write. But it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Yeah. And so the 1% is getting something to write on, finding a pen that you like to write with. And I guarantee it's not going to be some, you know, $50 pen or $200 pen. It's, it's going to be, be some 50 cent pen or a that recorder, works well, you know, or a recorder. And I remember even that um, Paul McCartney saying wherever he would go, he have a little recorder with him. If he was had a tune in his head, he'd hum it just to keep it on recorder. Right. And that's the kind of thing that that shows that that's, I am a songwriter, right? I am, or I am just a writer. I do these kind of things. What would a writer do? What would a songwriter do? How would their day go? So let's say you want to be a restaurateur. You would do the same thing, Mm -hmm. right? What goes into a restaurant? You know, Um, what are the type of things I need to learn about it? What is it, you know? Right. And really start diving in, maybe even shadow someone, you know, to see what it is or go work in a restaurant. Right. So many people, I mean, especially some people that we know, you know, want to start a restaurant without having ever set foot in the back of a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that can work, but very rarely. Like you really have to be all in to be able to do that without really knowing how a restaurant works. Yeah. No, it's... um. It's also grounding because it's not a light switch approach Mm -hmm. to anything. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, a drill down. And we always talk about making microsurgery out of something. Earlier today, we were talking about, you know what? You have to make microsurgery out of each drip, out of each 1%. Because if you don't, you could be going in the wrong direction. You could be down the road before you realize it. Right. And so you you want to start the systems, but you have to always tweak the systems, right? Yeah. Are the systems working? You then need to like once a month go back in and reassess and say, are the systems working? It's a living plan. And am I enjoying it? I mean, so many times people try to bully themselves into doing something that just doesn't make sense to bully themselves to do. If you're not liking the different pieces. It just doesn't make sense to do it. You need to reassess. If you want to be a writer, but you hate writing, I think it's time to reassess. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll never forget. We had a receptionist. This was obviously dating myself because this was um, pre voicemail at work. Right. So you had a receptionist, somebody that took it. Well, she would complain. <laughs> she would complain about how she hated answering the phones. Well, perhaps this is not the right profession for you then, because that's what the job description fully is, is that you answer the Hello, phones. Johnson, Johnson, like, and well, Johnson. I'm not Please here hold. to answer the phones for everybody. No, no, that is why you're here, right? You're missing something. If you don't have the 1% approach, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to get out of doing something you don't like. Right. Because you don't know where to begin. Well, and the other thing is, is you might go all in on something before you've given it a chance to really see if you even really like it. I wonder if some people, you know, and I always include myself in everything, you know, actually believe you're not supposed to like stuff. Mm. Well, there's times that you don't like everything. I mean, there's not there's going to be every, every single thing that we do. There's going to be aspects of it that we just may not enjoy. And that's just part of it. But if overall you're hating it, then it doesn't make sense. So a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours wanted to become a chef and she had been in finance and she's like, well, I want to become a chef. So she actually went to chef school, you know, she started and let's say she did it for six months. I don't remember the time frame, but when she came out at the other end of it, she just said, I hate it. I like to cook and I like cooking and I like creating, but the whole thought of just standing in a kitchen all day doing this is not going to do it for me. This isn't going to work. And you know what? That's a good thing. It was a good thing. She yeah. would have went through her adult life saying, I'm, I could have done this. And I should have done it. Yeah. Right. I should have done this. And this way, by what, by trying it and then realizing that there are certain aspects of this that you love, but the actual business of being a chef is not for you. It's a huge difference because you tried it. It's not a failure. It's just a reassessment saying, I love to cook. I'm going to continue cooking. This course, this school gave me a lot of great background. I'm going to be much better than your basic home cook. Yeah. But standing in a kitchen all day, doing that as a profession is not for me. I don't want to do it. And I think that's huge. That's really cool. Um, and even what's almost equally as cool as dipping a toe in that direction, mm-hmm. which was big, I'm sure, to it go to chef big, school, yeah. was making the, the decision to say no afterwards, to not pursue. Right. You know, and not right. say, no, I'm in, I'm in, you know. But, but having gone to a top-notch school showed her that. Yeah. You know, you have to go all in for a while just to see. Yeah. No, that's really cool. Yeah, it was cool. Um, Before we take our next break, I just want to say um, this is really good. Another example of my little baby dot 1% changes, and we talked about this on the show in the past, making the bed. Mm. I make the bed every day. I try to, I try to make it a little different every day, you know, and that little change of doing, I know everybody says, what the heck? That started me off into feeling productive. Mm-hmm. And it changed so much. It changed a lot of my thinking, you know, little by little. So anyway, that was just another example. We have a lot more to come. Um, stay with us. Corporate Talk with Charlie Neva. We'll be right back. Let's face it. 
Getting noticed at work can be tough. And if you're someone that struggles with anxiety when giving a presentation, voicing your opinion, or sharing your skills with other professionals, it can be even tougher. Hi, I'm Eva Lewandowski, and I know how it feels. You have the confidence, yet when all eyes are on you, the fear can kick in. I tried everything from Toastmasters to hypnosis, and nothing helped. But in my search, I uncovered a secret. There was nothing wrong with me. I just needed the right combination of tools and support. So I developed my own program that teaches you how to calm the physical symptoms, stop the negative self-talk, and shows you how to confidently step into the role of leader, regardless of your job title. If you do the work, this program is not only effective, it's fast. So reach out to me at Eva at charlieandeva.com for a free 30-minute consultation. It's your turn to step into the spotlight. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. Excellente. We are back. Um, We're navigating our way, all of our way, towards better habits with little tiny baby dot steps at a time. Mm -hmm. Right? Not boiling the ocean. Um, The example of that Olympic cycling team Mm -hmm. proved that this is, um, it's a proven approach. That's it. It really was kind of boiling the ocean on that one because they really did micromanage. But I mean, the results, they were astounded at what results came. Well, I could just see, you know, by George, we have to pedal faster, you know, and this guy broke it down into a million little, 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 little changes. Well, what I thought was cool was breaking it down to the point that they had the optimal pillow and mattress so that they got a perfect night's sleep so that they felt good to train. Unbelievable. I know. Um, So, you know, we always take things in different directions, right? Yes, we do. And, you you know, you share with us how to navigate to better habits. And with me, it's always, yeah, that's really good. But um, how do I get out of, how do I get out of my habits, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I know earlier we talked about, before the show, we talked about habit stacking. And so, you know, okay, so I get it, right? 1% little dot baby change. But I have so many bad habits stacked on top of each other. Mm -hmm. How do I start? Where do I, do I take the worst one and break it down? You know? Well, again, it always starts with who do I want to become? Right? So let's say it's money. And money is something that you have a hard time hanging on to. So you start just assessing where does the money go, right? You just start looking at that. You first decide, I am moving forward as a financially astute, a financially responsible Just like I am a non-smoker. I am a non-smoker. I am a financially astute. I am a financially responsible person. And putting yourself into those shoes. And how does that feel? What habits does a financially responsible and astute person have? What do they do? Right? Do they go to the casino twice a week and blow a paycheck? Well, probably not. I would be speculating because I'm not that person. So I wouldn't know, but I would guess that they don't. Correct. So you would guess that they don't like, you know, people that that are financially solid. No, I I don't mean to joke. I, I, you're exactly right. Um, And that's a good way and a good place for sure to start. Or they don't have 
14 pairs of black pants. Right. Right. That look almost identical. Now, some people have 14 pairs of black pants and no other pants. Right. And so they just get really good pants and that's what they wear and that's it. So you need to look at each of these individually, but starting from the place of I am a financially responsible and astute person. And knowing um, knowing what happens if we do nothing and what happens if we do nothing is nothing changes. Well, it's worse than that. If you do nothing and that 1% habit is moving you in the wrong direction, it gets to a point where you hit a critical threshold. So that's, you, you gave that example earlier mm-hmm. with the, I only gained one pound and mm-hmm. two pounds, and now I'm 50 pounds. Right, because every year it's going up, yeah. right? So if every year you're getting more and more into debt, you're already on a trajectory. It's not so much that it's not so much that if you leave everything the same, it will stay the same. No, if it's moving in the wrong direction, it's going to keep building and building and building until it gets to the point where it tips over. Yeah. And is really bad. So it's tricky and it's complicated, but it's simple, right? Mm-hmm. What's simple about it is we're going to make a little baby dot butterfly effect change. Right. Right. So if you're, so let's look at the bad habits, right? So let's say every month you put an extra $25 on your credit card, or let's say it's even just $10. So it's a small amount, but every month you're just a little bit $10 over and $10 over. And it just seems like it's not a big deal. It's just flex pay. It's just flex. And so it just seems like it's just not a big deal. And then all of a sudden one day, you know, 10 years down the road, you wake up and you think, holy cow, between the interest and this $10 compounding, I'm suddenly, let's say, $8,000 in debt. So the meaningless the meaningless number of $10, which people Seems would like laugh no at. Seems like no big deal. You know, it's a couple extra lattes a month, yeah. whatever all of a sudden has compounded. Well, it's the same thing with this. If every month or every week you're spending $10 less, yeah, it might take you a while, but eventually all of a sudden you're going to find that, again, it's going to go the other way, like, holy cow, all of a sudden I'm out of debt, or holy cow, I do have savings. Okay, so um, that is very inspiring because to me it says it's never too late. Mm -hmm. And I'm not only talking about money. I'm just talking about it's never too late to make improvements on bad habits, right? Oh, yeah. It is never too late to make improvements on bad habits. But you have to start with the clarity around who you want to be. Which isn't always easy. No. But if all of a sudden you hit that critical threshold of where you went over and suddenly you're in all this debt, Making that decision becomes a little bit clearer. I don't want to be this anymore. So I think I don't want to be the person that is always asking everybody for money, or I don't want to be the person that everybody is yelling at because they got drunk at a family gathering. Okay, so I get it. So you don't have to specifically have something you want to be. You at least, at the very least, know what you don't want to be anymore. Exactly. Interesting. And then if you don't want to be that, who do you want to be? 
And, if I don't want to be the person that's always asking for money or always doesn't have money to go out, then who do I want to be? Yeah. And, okay, so that's a big shift, mm-hmm. right? And in order to get there, in my opinion, what I'm understanding is I have to, I have to be nice to myself. I have to tell myself, you can do this. Um, let's take a small baby step and then we'll see where that leads us. Right. And that, that's very astute. You do have to be nice to yourself and you do have to make a a small baby step, but maybe you have to make a couple baby steps right behind each other. So let's say you want to be a person that walks every day. So maybe some of the baby steps that you take is you get up 15 minutes earlier And maybe you just walk to the corner and back or you buy yourself some decent gym shoes. You make some little steps like that that just start moving you in the right direction. What does a walker do? Well, a walker has some decent walking shoes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, And then you have to actually implement the change, the 1%. Mm -hmm. So so then the next thing is, how do you, how do you, how do you judge your, how do you rate what's happening? You know, how do you assess that what you're doing is working? Well, here's one thing that I like to do. And this came out from looking at bullet journaling by Ryder Carroll. But in my journal, and I don't have anything fancy, like some people lose their minds with their bullet journals. Mine is just very like bare bones. But I do have a little grid that has like Monday through Sunday on it. And then did I walk? Did I write? Did I watch what I ate? You know, you know, we're trying to do keto. So did I not eat sugar these days? And I just put an X next to it. See, I think that's a great thing. Some of us just not capable of doing that. Um, But doesn't mean we can't take a 1% approach to making some changes. Right. But one of the things that you get by just having a grid, I mean, it's just a piece of grid paper with some lines on it. It's not anything fancy. But by doing that, by marking that down, you're going to see that in many times you're doing more than you think you are. A lot of times we give ourselves, we don't give ourselves credit for everything that we are doing. We beat ourselves up for what we didn't do. Well, I didn't lose five pounds this month and I didn't do this. Yeah, but... Did you put your systems in place? And uh, and the other thing that I'm learning is don't focus on the end product as much because you'll get discouraged. Right. And that's that's kind of what he was saying in the book is really focus on that system. Is that system a good system that you're putting into place? Is the system that you're putting into place a doable system? Focus on that first. So there's the some so, so there's some accountability and responsibility here on each and every one of us as we start implementing something like this. Mm-hmm. We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to know our limitations and make sure the steps we're taking are actually doable. Right. And you'll know right away if they're doable or not. I mean, the one thing that I can never do is like extreme portion control. And that was always the thing, like Jenny Craig, even Weight Watchers, it was always portion control, portion control. And 
I would be working out like crazy and so hungry I could eat the table, right? That's not going to work. It's not sustainable. Um, no, I agree. And then on top of that, we apply our bad habits. And sometimes bad habits can be excuses. While I'm working out, I need more calories. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just using weight as an example. But it's with everything. We'll justify why either something is not working or we're doing nothing. Right. But we also have to be honest with what's going on with us. So, for example, like just that example that you gave there, people would have said in the past, well, it's just an excuse. You know, yeah, you're working out, but you can't be that hungry. No, I really am that freaking hungry all the time. The calories that I was eating wasn't doing it. It wasn't cutting it. Right. What they tell you to eat was mostly sugar based and that works for some people. It doesn't work for everybody. So so to that, we have to go back and we have to monitor the results. You have to monitor the results and you have to, I call it like the misery level. You have to monitor your misery level. You know, if it's making you miserable, it doesn't make sense. You know, I was at a, I was at a conference once and somebody was saying, you know, well, I, you know, I write my daily affirmations every morning and blah, 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 and nothing's happening. And she said, when come hell or high water, you can't wait to go right in the morning. You can't wait to write down your thoughts in the morning or do your affirmations. You can't wait to get to the meditation mat. That's when it makes the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And in the beginning, it's hard because you're first building that you're first building that habit. But if after a month or two, you hate every minute of it, it doesn't make sense. I agree. Um, hey, hey, hey. This, is, this is really good. And we still have another segment to go and I'm excited about it. So stay with us. We will be back shortly. This is Charlie Lobosco. If you're working on a development project practicing agile methodologies, this message is for you, regardless of your role on the team. Agile is a faster, smarter, and more efficient way to develop and deliver continuous results. If this is not happening in your Agile environment, reach out right now. My Agile coaching and certification training programs empower you with Agile skills that encourage collaboration, increase productivity, and even improve overall team morale. Now that's making a difference. I say become Agile certified the right way, regardless of your role on the team, and then watch what happens. Reach out right now to Charlie at charlieandiva.com and let's continue this conversation. Your future is counting on you. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and today we are talking about navigating your way to better habits. And so, you know, before the break, we were talking a little bit about that it has to get to the point where you're enjoying what you're You know, doing. hold on. That's crazy yeah. because I was going to say whatever it is, whatever it was you were going to say. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't mean to interrupt, but before the break, we talked about you can't wait. And I'd like to go back to that because that is something that I think I need to hear more about. Right. So let's let's take, for example, smoking. Right. You quit smoking. I quit smoking. I don't miss it. And there's no reason that I want to go back to it. It, There's nothing about not smoking that's making me miserable. I don't miss it. I don't crave it. I see other people smoking. I don't think 
good or bad of it. I just am neutral about it. It's like whatever. And then when it came to going gluten-free, when we started looking at gluten-free options and we put the system in place to not only navigate our home, going out, um, also going out, going out to family and friends or going out to a restaurant, Mm -hmm. we learned how to navigate that too. Right. So we to were make ex- it enjoyable. We were almost excited about it. Yeah, we would be really excited about going because we'd say, oh, look, you know, now this restaurant has these options. Because in the early days, there weren't a lot of options. But now there's a lot of options. It's, it's actually pretty good. But even like telling family and friends, we learned how to navigate that. And it's just not hard. It's actually really enjoyable. And I, you know, for five years or however long it's been, we've lost track. I actually can go out to eat and not be miserable the next day and not understand. You know, I used to not understand why do I feel so awful? Yeah. I just feel Does everybody or? Yeah. Does everybody, why is it that everybody else can eat and I can't? You know what? One of the things that I did with smoking, and I agree, I never looked back. Everything was cool. On my whiteboard at work, I had, uh, uh, I made like a little line each day and I knew that that was plus 550 because mm-hmm. I knew I was saving. So I couldn't wait for the next day. And then I couldn't wait till the end of the month. I said, oh, look at how much money I saved. So I was excited right. about it, you know, right. and uh, made me even forget more about it. I said, yeah, you apply this over a year. I can buy a Tesla. Right. You know, or if you've got some debt and you're trying to pay that down, you know, every month as you see that balance going down and you become more and more solvent and you see your savings going up. I mean, that's like a real, you know, that's fun. Yeah. I like the idea of, um, being enthusiastic about whatever it is you're doing, whether it's in the 1% change piece or the overall gold piece. I like the idea of being enthusiastic about stuff because Mm -hmm. that really charges us to move forward. You know, and he didn't really talk about it in the book, but I have no doubt that that British cycling team, as they, I'm sure at first they were like, wash our hands to not get as sick. That's crazy. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Who doesn't know how to wash their hands, right? But as they started seeing the results and it started you know, it becomes a snowball effect, you know, one on top of the other, they're feeling better, they're biking better, they're, they're starting to win. It's just like, it's cool. And all of a sudden, they go from being the team that never wins to being the team that's dominating. And I bet also that bet that's not in the book, but I also uh, believe they became better in all aspects of life afterwards, by even by default, applying little changes, right, you know, Right. So when you become when you become happier, right, when you're moving in the direction where the habits that you're you're doing on a daily basis are making you happier, that's a huge change. I mean, it makes everything in your life, even even people that you run into in the store are are better for running into you. Hello, Joe. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Where, you know, I have a little remorse is. Knowing what I know now, if I could only get a redo on certain things, you know, like my office was always messy and so were my thoughts. Yeah, but that's different because you've got ADHD, which you found out late. And so nobody told you that. And that when 
when you know better, like Maya Angelou would say, you know, when we know better, we do we better. We do better, yeah. Right? I mean, so when you know it, then you can do better. So, and now like with um, with the pandemic, um, like we were talking the other night with um, Kristen, who we love, saying, look, we know it's hard. We're all in the same boat in our four walls, kind of struggling, you know. We have to somehow look for the for the enthusiasm and it's a good time to make those little changes and we can be enthusiastic about having that opportunity while everybody's hunkered down i'm going to come out new and improved right that's exactly right and you do it you were doing it with your straps right you know you started using the rubber bands when you couldn't get to the gym. That was almost like an ADD nail biting. I had to do something. Right. You, know? you had to do something. So you were just doing that. And then the next thing you know, you've got biceps like Schwarzenegger. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. I'll be back. <laughs> You'll be back. And who knew that that who knew that that could happen? But it did. But early on, I would say it's hopeless. Yeah. And I wouldn't know where to begin and I would just end up doing nothing and go down that drip, drip, drip path in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And that can be very dangerous, especially as we age. <laughs> well, you can see it. You can see it when people get older because the filter starts coming off. Yeah. Right. And so if that misery index is high, it's going to continue to get higher. So, I mean, think about if you've got a bad habit at 20, think about you at 70 with that bad habit. Wow. That's bad. Wow. That's a long time. And think about if you had good habits at 20 and think about you at 70. You know, Jack Lane was a good. Yeah. I mean, I know that ages us too, right? But I mean, he quit sugar when he was like 19 because he said it made him crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, he was pulling boats at 80. You Unbelievable. Know, no, I, women. And he would always end up reassessing, which is really cool. He always reassess. When new technology came out, when you, when, you know, again, when we know better, we do better. So sometimes we thought one way worked and then we're finding out that a different way works. We'll reassess. And sometimes what works for Bob doesn't work for Joe. Right. And we have to get over this. Well, this is what you do and everything's going to be okay. No, that's not really the case. It's not really the case. Always. You have to look at you and be honest with you and kind of sometimes put blinders on to say, no, this is working for me. Now, of course, if everybody's saying, you know, Bob, it's really not working for you. I mean, you're a mess, you know, and you keep saying, no, I'm not a mess. But if everybody that you trust in your life is saying, you know, no, if everybody that you trust in your life yeah. is saying you're a mess, uh, you might be a mess. And you, know, you want to reassess that one percent needs to shift into that direction. That's what's being stubbornly just, held back. You just have to be careful, though, because sometimes if you're living in the middle of dysfunction, you need to be careful that they're not just pulling you back down into the dysfunction. Right. right? Yeah. So, I that's, mean, it's, it's tricky. You sometimes need that's where your your therapists, your counselors, your coaches come into place. Just somebody to shine a light on it. You know, I would. Yeah, I was going to say, like, going forward, if I need a starting point, I will just use the misery index. If it's high, I need to first lower it. You know, right. And don't forget, though, we have to look at that because sometimes, like, let's say you're quitting drinking, the misery index is going to be high when you first quit. 
right? Oh, I see. Mystery interest is going to be high. You have to, though, start looking at the flip side. Am I looking better? Am I feeling better? When I wake up in the morning, am I feeling better? That's why you're the coach. Yeah, it's a t- it's tricky. I mean, no, no one's saying that anything is easy. You but know? you can make huge progress taking small baby steps. I think, I honestly think that small baby steps are the way to go. Yeah, and the reason why I embrace that 100% is that's kind of agile, mm-hmm. right? Small chunks of work broken down, um, and, and I apply it to my life. Well, and that's, you know, you were also asking about habit stacking. When you look at that cycling team, that was habit stacking, right? A better night's sleep, a better seat on the bike, putting alcohol on the tires, eating a little bit better, washing your hands. Those are all small habits that are stacked one on top of the other. That would make a great movie because, you know, you would have the cyclist saying, we are so talented. Why are we listening to this? You know, right? (laughs) Um, what the heck? And little by little, and then they probably became a team. They got enthusiastic about it, and they embraced it. And da-da. Maybe yeah. there was a movie. We just missed it. But yeah. yeah. No, and I think that – so if you start looking at any goals that you have and change it from goal to a system to get you to the person that you want to be. Hey, hey, so hey. who do I want to be? What do I want to be? What – charges me up. Right. You know, do I, am I excited about being a healthy person? Am I excited about being a financially astute person? Am I excited about being, you know, a go-getter? You know, am I excited about being a speaker? Whatever it is that you're excited about, step into that and then look at what system would get you there. And sometimes that system will include outside people to help get you there as well. It to could help you yeah. start looking at different That's aspects where things that like, you maybe haven't looked at before. Like those guys, like they wouldn't have thought about their bed. You know, yeah. sleep is sleep. Or alcohol on the tires. Or alcohol on the tires or washing their hands so they don't get Excuse sick. Excuse me. Yeah. I'm not wasting good alcohol on my tires. <laughs> that would be rubbing that. You oh. couldn't drink it. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, look, you know, and I, and I, I think we should continue – this conversation, I think we should continue to assess our little baby steps and see mm-hmm. how they were working for us. Yes. And even, you know, share some of the setbacks. But if you take a baby step and you have a setback, it's just a baby step back. It's just a baby setback. Yeah. Less risk. Much less risk. Yeah. That's so, a good point. Um, uh, you know, I, I really hope we can all make the world a better place. And and it's in us to do that. And if we all make small shifts, we all can do it. Yeah, I agree. This has been a fantastic show. And I'm so glad to be sitting next to you. And I to you. Excellent. Um, And we will be back when next, the end of the month, once again. we will be back. With a fantastic topic. So take care, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Special thanks to our producer, Randy Meyer, and the entire TalkZone family. All of our replays are available at TalkZone.com or download the free TalkZone app so you can listen to our show at any time. Your suggestions and comments are always welcome. Just email us at info at Thanks again for listening.